0: Welcome to More to Come, P.W. Comics World's weekly podcast of comics and graphic novel news. I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm the editor-in-chief of The Beat at ComicsBeat.com. And you can check us out on all social media. We're at P.W. Comics World. You can find us on all fine podcast platforms. You can leave us comments. You can let us know what you think. And uh, that's the spiel. And so this week I am here. Uh, with Austin English, who is the editor of the online comics journal, as well as the publisher of Domino Books. And- no, no,
1: no, no. I, I'm on no. Prince. I'm, I'm, I'm coming on board uh, oh. with, um, with these issues uh, as as the co managing editor of the print. Okay, uh, so you are online the co- is Joe McCullough.
0: Oh, that's right. Okay. So you are not your only print. Sorry. See, I've got it messed up already. All right. Well, oh, okay. our other guest is Christy Valenti, and you are don't watch tell me your title since I've already messed it up, Christy. <laughs>
2: um, I'm co editor of the comics journal. I help out at TCJ.com, but more in a coordinating capacity, not editorially. Um there are a lot of fine distinctions and I'm I'm happy to like make the distinctions. I'm also an editor at Fanagraphics Books, so yes, right. I wear a lot of hats. Many hats.
0: <laughs> well, we got yeah. I think we've got two folks who wear all kinds of hats today. So Austin and Christy, thank you for joining me, and after uh, the PW podcast, more to come. And the 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 topic, or at least the first topic, I mean, there's so much I want to talk to you guys about. Um, You know, from comics journalism. Uh, best of uh all kinds of things like the, the current state of indie comics um but actually today out in print that something you can hold in your hands is the comics journal yearbook best of 2022 uh and so you guys put this together and uh just what is it
1: uh, well, when I, um, when I came on board, um, uh, the, the print version of the journal, uh, uh, Christy and Gary interviewed me, um, Christy Valenti and Gary Grath interviewed me about coming on board. Um, one of the things that I really wanted, um, the print magazine to do was something that I remember from, uh, when I first started reading, uh, the comics journal in print many years ago. And the, the print journal used to do a consensus best of list. Mm -hmm. Um, within the pages of the magazine, uh, they would, they would round up some critics. I, I'm not sure the exact process they used then when I was reading it, but there would often be a list of five books saying these were the best books of the year. And there'd be an essay accompanying each one. Um, the current, uh, online comics journal, I think does a beautiful job of, um, of putting out an open call, asking industry professionals, what were your best books of the year? You can provide a list. You can, uh, include essays with your list. Um, But it tends to be so many people contributing to it that while there's beautiful stuff mentioned on those lists, I think things can get a a bit lost in the the mass of things mentioned. And aside from what TCJ does, uh, what TCJ.com does with that solicited list, you know, you will look at it more corporate, um, you know, more mainstream media talking Mm -hmm. about um, the best books of the year. And it tends to, you know – I look at these things closely and it tends to be things that come from much larger publishers, um, maybe very PR driven uh campaigns for books that might be great. Sometimes they're mediocre. And I feel that the comic journal had a responsibility to really make a statement um, after after not having a consensus list for so long to cr- recruit some critics, have them vote on something, ha- have them vote on a, a list of 10 books to kind of put an anchor in the center and say, you know, there are these, you know, I'm very proud that the, the list we came up with has on this 10 best of the year. It has two mini comics. It has four books from very small publishers. Um, and I thought that, you know, for what the comic journal has always represented, um, you know, this medium as an art form and just purely an art form, I felt like a consensus list that, that looks at the medium from that vantage point is, is an essential thing right now. A good anchor amidst, a lot of other uh ways of looking at the medium as the medium gets a bit more you know the, the the literary art version of the medium gets a little more mainstream i i felt we had a um responsibility to to do something like this well, and that this, it would be I, as a reader myself i know it would be helpful
0: well this is a very uh i'll say this is a very bold list okay and it is uh i don't want to i would say hyper indie but it's got like uh you know at least one world famous cartoonist on there uh, and uh, there's a couple of really well-known ones. I'm actually going to read aloud what they are because I, I would dare say only one or two of these cartoonists and works are, are things that we've mentioned on Publishers Weekly, more to come, or even reviewed. I think a couple of them have been reviewed, but, so I'm going to read it down from ten down to one. Uh, so, and, and jump in if I, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to, uh, mess up something here. So jump in if I, if I do, but uh, let's see. Khalil Kassir's It Hurts Until It Doesn't, Um, Max Huffman's Hyper Mutt, Juliette Collette's Blah, 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 number two, Uh, Deb Sokolow, Environments for Controlling People, Best Practices, Um, Crickets, number eight, by Sammy Harkham. It's one I think we've talked about here. Uh, Yamada Murasaki's Talk to My Back, Uh, Yumez Kazuo's Orochi, uh, Yokoyama Yuichi's Plaza, Tim Hensley's Detention Number Two, and, uh, well, Julie Say's Time Zone J. And we certainly have talked a lot about Julie on, uh, More to Come. And we've also talked about, uh, uh, Yumez, uh, or Yumez, which I always thought his name was Yumezu. So. He's changing. Okay, right. All right. So awesome. <laughs> yeah,
2: also- we went with the cover, how they spelled it on the cover.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh, but uh, yeah, probably best known for Drifting Classroom in case you're not familiar. So, you know, one of the horror manga, uh, masters. So yeah, this is, this is a hell of a list. Some of these cartoonists I've never heard of. Some of these works I've never heard of, but you really do in this, in this yearbook, you, you do a really great job of, of spotlighting them. And, and you know, Christy, how did you approach that? How did you approach kind of, you know, platforming these, these works, some of them, let's be honest, a little obscure. Well, that's what
2: I'm actually excited to talk about because I love talking about editorial methodology. So this is going to be extremely exciting for everyone. (laughs) We're just going to really be like, yes, we cannot wait. But what was most important to me is picking the writers or finding writers. Because I wanted people who could think about and write about comics, and I wanted those people to be the ones thinking about the best comics of the year. So I was really, we were really focusing on the people. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I just wanted to shout out November Garcia because I thought her piece was just beautiful in the yearbook. Um, I just loved that writing and I was really excited to get to commission work from somebody whose writing. I love so, and you know, she's also a practicing cartoonist. So this Mm -hmm. is great. This is exactly the kind of person I wanted to be thinking about this topic. So the way we did it was, you know, we came up with a list of people, we approached them, um, you know, we explained the project. We put together a big Google spreadsheet. So we put in a lot of books for consideration and uh, everybody could put in there. We worked about six months into the year because we wanted to make sure we weren't just like getting end of the year uh-huh. press releases. We we're like, we want to be, have people kind of be thinking about this all year. So we had a big spreadsheet. Everyone could put in whatever books they wanted people to think about or thought were interesting. We put in some books and then we had a living document where people were allowed to choose two books that they were like, we really think these are the two books we want to talk about, or we think are the best Mm -hmm. of the year. And then out of those 20 books, we tried to make sure that they were available to everyone through, through PDFs. So that way everybody wouldn't have to pick out of that top 20, but they had access to reading uh, the top 20.
0: Mm -hmm. And you do have a, a honorable mention list also here in the back, which which has some comics that um, some of which are, well, actually it's in the front, but uh you know, like I said, this is a real, this is a real, um, you know, a way to expand your horizons uh on, on this list because it really is, uh, it it really isn't the things, as you said, Austin, that, that get a lot of mention in, in the mainstream. And, uh, you know, I think we've covered a, a few of these cartoonists on the beat over the years. I mean, of course we've covered Sammy Harkom and, uh, we've also covered Yokohama because, um, I'm actually a big fan of his work and, uh, Yokoyama, pardon me. And so, you know, we've covered, we've covered a handful of these, but like I said, some of them are, are definitely worthy of much further exploration. So, um, how many people participated in this?
1: uh well we recruited um we recruited 10 critics uh-huh. um and as as Christy says um a lot of the critics that we recruited are are working cartoonists um and so we we I, I think part of the part of the process of editing it to to make a statement um was to recruit people that that are are working within the medium right now that are aware of um aware of of things that are that are of a high quality and of a high artistic quality that might um you know one of the functions of good criticism might need someone to not explain it point by point but might might need someone to to vouch for it as an artist or or we, we also have just pure uh critics in here as well but we we recruited people that that can communicate directly about things that might seem intimidating um if you just if you saw it. On the, on the shelves, or if you just saw it online, it might seem like something even a dyed in the wool comics fan might say, oh, you know, this is, uh, this is not comics for me. And I, th- I think oftentimes if someone writes about something in a, uh, in a way that isn't condescending, um, and, and writes about something that could be complicated in a direct way, uh, that can be very important. And we, we recruited, I believe, 10 people who, um, who write and communicate in that way.
0: Yeah, the other contributors include Ryan Carey, RJ Casey, Christian Costello, Helen Chazen, uh, Austin yourself, November Garcia, Joe McCulloch, of course, very well known, uh, Chantal McStay, uh, Pratap, and Sophie Yana, who is also a cartoonist herself, and, uh, they have been on this podcast actually a couple times, I believe. So, um, yeah, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, as someone who was writing for the Comics Journal before both of you were born, um, you know that's how I got my start. Was writing for the Journal back of the day, and and um, I I don't want to be too much like you know, well, in my day, you know, where you only had the Buyer's Guide, but. Um, I, I, you know, as a youthful comics fan, you know, who didn't know, and there wasn't the internet, so you couldn't just go Google things or or go on Reddit or anywhere, you know, you had to, you had to learn things the hard way. But one of the things that I did love about the journal back then was it did teach you about cartoonists you had never heard of. And I just, I just find it today, you know, even as a editor who runs, you know, a, my own, our own website and then works for PW as well. I mean, it's really hard. It's really hard to, to find out who's the new hotness sometimes.
1: Do you, do you want to field that one, uh, Christy?
2: <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's 100% true. I feel like but part of the reason why I didn't contribute is because I felt like I had ideas of what I might think the best books of the year were. But with my other duties, I didn't have the time to think about them as deeply as I wanted these books to be thought about. Um, and uh, good work deserves to be thought deeply about and it will continue to inspire, inspire more thought. Like you will just keep thinking about it. And I think it's, you know, I was looking actually at old best of the year lists just to kind of like get a feel for it, kind of see. And I remember I was looking at like best of 2010 for the journal notes and it was like maybe 40 books to pick out of. You know what I mean? And. That, and that's just not the reality anymore. And I think we, you know, there are just so many things going on in comics everywhere that nobody knows about, you know, and so I think the best you could do is try to follow people who know about one thing and know about one thing with a good breath. And, you know, if you can get them to write for you, have them suggest people to you, um, things like this, uh, people whose taste you, just try to find people whose taste you respect, um because you're like, "Wow, you know, I never would have thought about this, but you're introducing this to me, and it's hard because a lot of the tools I use to do this, like just Google even or Twitter, um I would like go, Oh, you know, we're doing a piece nominally on graphic medicine, and I would just kind of google around and I'd be like, Oh, I came across um somebody who did whiteboard art for a graphic medicine conference well that's pretty cool (laughs) like you know so i just can't you know and with google having its issues and twitter and facebook having their issues uh you know it's hard to find the tools to find for me it always starts with writing even though this is comics which is a different medium and it isn't words specifically but it is a kind of reading Uh, so i guess that's not an incredibly helpful answer but well, I think it,
1: it speaks to, um, you know, it speaks to a sign of a, a healthy medium. I think that um, we can't get at everything. No, no one critic, no one institution, no one reader knows everything that's happening across this medium now, which uh, that, that, that's that's worthwhile. And uh, across this medium, and I don't think that's always been the case. Um, but I think one thing that um, when I'm talking to people that are are looking at, at the current comics industry, maybe from a different lens. I always say that right now there's more um there's more uncompromising art comics being made at a high level right now than I think ever before. I've been involved in in um in comics now half my life and I I do think this is a really golden moment for a certain kind of very um very uh uncompromising sort of ma- sort of cartooning. But I, I think people are are often unaware of that because there is so much right there's so much just quality maybe more traditional literary or or um you know quality genre work being made. And Heidi, you you know, you've been associated with the journal so long and I I know that um years ago, uh everyone always even even if people had a grudging respect for what the journal did uh and does, you know, there was always this kind of um you know eye rolling like oh, that you know they're the elitist publication they're they're so snooty about genre work and things like that, and I think now if if we look at the terrain of things now, um you know we see comics being kind of eaten up by um by by uh other other media being kind of used in ways by film and television that often don't really cycle back to um to to the art form itself. I mean, I think we might look back at those attitudes of the comics journal in the past and really say, you know, they really had a point that continues to be valid that, that this is a, you know, this is an art form on par with any other art form that does things that other art forms cannot do in the way that, that, the comics do it. And I think, um, you know, the, the journal right now, because there, there is this, this wide array of art comics and, and quality literary comics being made right now, um, that are, As things get a bit more corporate throughout media, um, there might be more work being made in this mode than ever before, but it's it's often more obscured. And I I think the publication has a has a responsibility to to do clearly what it's what it's always stood for.
0: But I think part of uh, part of the you know you know what we're really talking about is discoverability, and discoverability is just an issue everywhere because there's just too much of everything. You know, there's too much. Too much TV, too much, you know, well, not too many movies, but, you know, certainly too much streaming, too much media, too much social media, all of that. And discoverability is just a, a real issue. And, but I feel, you know, I, there's nothing I like more than going to, you know, TCAF and Mocha and SPX and, you know, going to indie comic shows. I mean, those are my favorite, favorite events because but you do find so much work that that is just unexpectedly joyful. And wonderful. Um, but I feel like the pandemic, uh, really put a crimp in, in the indie comics world, just as far as that kind of discoverability was. And I, you know, Christy, I, I, I think you mentioned you were an editor at Fantagraphics. I mean, you know, I don't know if this is your purview at all, but you know, I've talked to other publishers and, and, you know, breaking A new cartoonist or an up and coming cartoonist, an emerging cartoonist during the pandemic was very difficult because festivals really are the showcase for those kinds of talents of that kind of work. Um, do you, did you find that true at all or?
2: I mean, that's, that's a good question because yeah, we actually covered that in 308, which I, I don't want to like, I'm, this is, it's, it's kind of the pandemic issue. It, it's mm-hmm. capturing the pandemic. And I know, you know, that's, but I mean, that's what the journal does. I think the one thing that's good about the journal, well, not the one thing, but I think maybe its biggest strength is it is comics focused. Uh-huh. Um, so we can go more deeply into comics. And then if we're trying to, you know, cover, I don't know, movies also, you know, it's, it's just that, we're able to really just focus in and, um, people did talk about how difficult it is, you know, to get awareness for people, especially when, you know, we went from websites to social media and then social media is breaking. But I also think comics are so technology linked. You know, I was reading about how kids make google docs and like share their comics through google docs so i think the impulse to create and share has always been there um it's just again finding the ways to adapt and to spread it farther or not actually if you just want to create for a small group yeah Yeah. um yeah but it is an issue and you know again i i wish i had a better better way to i mean again it's it's kind of you got to start local and then go, I guess, more national, right? Like you have to foment your own little scenes and then, you know, kind of spread things from scene to scene. However, whatever that scene is, if it's digital, if it's analog, if it's meat space, I just think you need to figure out a little group of people who are creating for each other.
1: And it's such a leap of faith for those people to, um, to to work within, you know, especially if you're making non-commercial work, it is a big leap of faith to hone your craft to a degree that, you know, it takes comics take so long, especially to do well. And I don't believe as criticism as as being encouragement. But I do think that um, one way to break a cartoonist, I mean, especially cartoonists that aren't um, aren't working with popular IP is that we need to increase readership to some degree. And I do think, um, real discussion of work is, um, is very important to that. I mean, it's not going to be all, you know, obviously the, the publications Christy and I are working on together aren't going to, they're, they'll maybe make a small, a very small dent in, in the wider need for building readership and, and creating discussion. But it is what we can do, um, with this, with this magazine to, to talk about things that might be hard to break as if, and, and, uh, as if they are worthy of, of, of breaking, you know, yeah. and, and, and speak about them unapologetically and, you know, do what the journal has always done. I mean, a list, this is a, you know, this, this publication that's the best of is, is positive. Um, but it makes a statement about a certain kind of cartooning that can also be critical of, of different modes of cartooning. Yeah. And I, I do think that, um, You know, I I I live in uh, we we both live in New York, Heidi, and there's the there the there's the vast um you know painting uh New York City art world that there's beautiful work in it, but there is less discussion you know there's less criticism in that world than one might think well a lot less discussion of it, and I do think if we look at um some of the moments in in fine art uh that seem bizarre to the general public might have something to do um with that lack of discussion uh and I do think comics are comics are 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 read by people and they're they're read by people of all different stripes and I think that that's part of their part of their health and I think um you know again i I think the kind of work that's represented in this list so some people are just some of the people in this list are just publishing about two hundred copies of their of their zine um but we take that just as seriously as 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 the works that come out from one of the biggest publishers in the United States today viz and I think that mm-hmm. That's just one step into to breaking the work.
0: Well listen, I gotta say it's 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 a you know, a gigantic mouthful to bite off because the amount of comics coming out. I mean, you have literally hundreds, if not thousands, probably thousands of comics coming out on, say, Webtoon and Tapas and, you know, these the user generated content to give it the you know, corporate name, but I mean, there's, that, those are just on those two platforms. And then there's still so many people making their own web commons. There's a huge world of the, there's so much manga coming in. And you know, as we saw, you know, Austin, I saw you at Mocha uh, a few weeks ago or a month ago, I guess. And, um, you know, it was, it was rocking, you know, <laughs> there was so many people and so many new comics and so much stuff. I mean, it is impossible for one person to even begin to kind of have a handle on I think all of this material and what is what is the you know the most lasting or the most worthwhile i mean i i think if if the journal has made one uh gigantic evolution from from the old you know elitist days, and you know i go i do go back to the elitist days and uh is that in the olden days it was it was you know it was snarky as as hell. And there was a lot of sacred cows who lay on the ground bleeding, uh, bleeding out after the journal was done with them. And now it's like there's so much good material that just talking about the good stuff seems to be a, a more worthwhile use of time, uh, you know, and promoting that than, than, you know, tearing down something else, even, unless it's super duper deserved, I suppose.
1: Well, you know, Christy and I right now for issue 310, we're going back and forth on, um, I don't think a snarky piece, but we are we are editing a a piece that 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 takes on not a sacred cow but maybe maybe someone who hasn't been um written about um very critically before and in issue three o nine which is coming out on fourth of july um you know we have a we 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 had um helen Shazan come in and write a long look at um you know image image comics current aesthetic and and mostly focusing on saga and of you know i think that it um uh the piece um looks at it fairly and talks about things that are of merit uh with what um what Brian K. Vaughn does and um what Saga does, but also, you know, holds it to a real standard that I don't think um I don't a standard that I don't think it's been held to. So I I still think that um there's a lot to I, I I personally don't think you can talk about the good without talking about w- w- without being critical. Of oh yes, absolutely. That might stand, absolutely, might Stand in for the good because I, I yes. think that's 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 part of it.
0: I th- I, agree. I mean I totally agree with that, but I you know I think I think the mission you know should be to take a fair look at everything, and you know to be uh to be honest about that. But I'm I'm just saying there was so much that needed to be um discussed back in the day, and I, I think like now I mean this is really my own philosophy at the beat. It's just, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't do the review section uh, anymore. Thank God I have someone else who runs it very well, Zach Quaintance. And, um, you know, it's mostly people talking about things they like. I, I just think, I think that's, a very important thing to have right now, as Christy was saying before, you know, to find that community that that you can look to and to have recommendations. You know, it's like the mixtape. Remember the cassette when you made the mixtape for your pal? You know, <laughs> now yes. it's a Spotify list, and somehow it's not the same. Um, w- uh, I will I will say I'm lo- looking at the table of contents of Comic Journal 308, and there is an article on the small press cons evolve in the age of COVID. It says representatives of a topic. TCAF, Mice, Cake, CXC, Short Run, and SPX. And I am really looking forward to ta- uh, reading this article because, um I do think this is, a, I, I mean, I wrote a shorter piece. There was a lot of shows that didn't make it out of the pandemic, like, uh, you know, Brooklyn, uh, Comics Fest, which I, pr- I think I've mangled this name, it's been so long, but you know, that one didn't make it. And there's a f- few other shows that didn't, didn't, um um the one in LA didn't make it either. So, you know, those people, you know, had other things to do and weren't able to kind of reconnoiter. Um, Austin, I want to ask you about Domino Books, because you have, you are the owner, the publisher of this, correct? Yes, I am. Okay. And how long has Domino been around?
1: Uh I guess, you know, it's I started in, in twenty ten. Um so it's been about thirteen years now, but much more um uh, much more of a, a primary concern of just how I'm, you know, what I'm devoting most of my time to since um twenty twenty nineteen twenty
0: twenty. Mm-hmm. And I know you also um you do distribution for other publishers, correct? Well, what
1: I'm what I've been doing with the this, you know the store, you know, I I've I publish a couple of comic books a year. Um, and and part of the philosophy of Domino when I began it was you know I I i I make comics myself, and um you know sometimes when they'd be reviewed early on, there'd be this kind of thing where it's like, well, this is so this doesn't really fit with comics i i don't I don't see this as a comic when people would respond to my work, and i uh felt that um you know i of course understand that kind of response, but I always felt that there were dozens and dozens of peers of mine that you know i if you looked at their work, it's like, well, there's lots of people making work in this direction, it's just underseen or underserved so i thought one way to in a way i am always trying to create structures that i as an artist or as a reader would would um would benefit from uh-huh. so i thought okay well i can i can kind of explain uh, my own work by also explaining work of my peers and i think artists in unity artists together um kind of can make a strong statement so i would publish i published a. I started off by publishing a book by an artist sakura maku um and went on to publish published many, many people now, but I also would bring in um, you know, buy works um, you know, like a like a comic book store would, uh, from artists I thought were were important to me. And over time, you know, I've built up the store with about, you know, four hundred items from all over the world that kind of that kind of work in that way, you know, to to create a statement of, you know, this kind of work is is being made. Um, and, and, um, it's, it's, it's an independent kind of movement of its own that can be defined, but by it being read together. And, um, I, uh, as, as, you know, like you were saying that you would go to these shows, you, you went to Mocha and there were lots of people there. You know, when I would go to Comics Art Brooklyn, um, you know, print really is not dead. And a certain kind of print, there is a great interest for it. There, there are people that are hungry for, um, work that is made in this way and they they are looking for ways to encounter it. And I think going to a show is is one way of encountering work, funding a campaign on um on you know a crowdsourcing thing, that's one way of experiencing work, but it tends to appeal to people in the know. Like you kind of have to be in the know to go to a comic show, maybe your friend mm-hmm. invites you along and you know nothing about it and you get radicalized. But you you have to be a certain kind of person and live in a certain kind of urban environment. Um and it's the same for for crowdsourcing. You know, you have to be People that tend to do well in crowdsourcing, I do think they tend to be young and have a, a big, uh, you know, following on the internet. And there's people who are, who are older, who make work that might not make sense looking at on the computer. And I think those people are often well served by their zines or their comics being in used bookstores, record shops, com, you know, traditional comic uh-huh. book stores. And I think, um, you know, also just cartoonists can't, they, they can't spend, uh, all their money flying around. To, to every city every three months and spending money on tables and, and, uh, hotel rooms and, and, um, you know, plane fare. So I do think if, if we're gonna, if we're gonna build readership for things and we're gonna have people actually read these works, you know, crowdsourcing and festivals are one way, but I, I do think work being available in stores is important. So the store, the, the, the regular Domino store where I just buy work directly from artists has, has done well enough that I had a little extra money to try to start buying work in bulk from I don't really work with publishers. I work with mm-hmm. people like uh and I'm going to destroy her last name, even though I've, I've known her for many years. Julia Grafer. Uh She she works with publishers, but she's also self-published her mini comics forever. And I find the way that she self-publishes them beautiful. So I, you know, every few months I'll buy um, one hundred and twenty copies of, of her zines. And I'll offer those back to retailers, because I do think I can, I can make the store and the the publishing entity of Domino survive, but I I don't think forever if stores aren't, you know, if places, if, if real places in the world where people can encounter work without knowing about it already. You know, it mm-hmm. can't just be people in the know. It has to be. This work has to be out, out and about, in, in, in the physical world. And I do think stores play a huge part in that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, some of the people that you have here on your website. Um, I mean, it's a great lineup. Uh, of of, of folks who be indie side of stuff. Um, you know, the challenging stuff. Henriette Valium, um, um Frank Santoro, uh, some names. Josh Bayer, um. Just, you know, we'll have uh, Valium
1: we'll have sketchbook. Valium, uh, passed away recently. Um, mm. and that's, we're, we're, we're so proud, uh, after that happening to be able to, um, publish some of his sketchbooks in issue, uh, in issue 309.
0: Yeah. That would, that would be great. Uh, a, a Canadian artist, uh, that, uh, people really looked up to. Um, I mean, just also, listen, just go. It's dominobooks.org. Just go to it. There's all sorts of cool things on here. Um, You know, it's not, again, I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of work on here that leaves me scratching my head. I'm just going to be honest about it, but I wouldn't not want to see it. You know, I wouldn't, don't want to, I don't, I don't want to ever be complacent and think that I've, I've seen it all, or I know what works and know what doesn't because the comics are so infinite and so. Vibrant. And there's always something new to discover. So I, I enjoy dipping into these, you know, something even if I, it leaves me scratching my head sometimes. Uh, to Austin, how did, how that's did- That's fine. That's, no, yeah. that's,
1: that's, that's, that's what yeah. it should do. Yeah.
0: Well, how did, I mean, how did the pandemic affect? I mean, you said you got into it more in 2020. Did you have the same, um, you know, uh, the fact that that all publishers did were suddenly your sales you know, skyrocketed. Uh, uh stay at homes were like, you know what, it is time for me to read uh more Suhiro Moreau or uh Zach Sally. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, I definitely I think um I think people were were you know, I mean it kind of shows it 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 kind of shows the impulse that I also want to push back against that people who were were going to comic shops all the time to to pick up um you know it's important to pe- you know people who love comics it's important to them to to get new material and when the the route of comic stores was cut out, I do think people were um were desperate to to keep engaging with this stuff because it's a part of their lives and I, yeah I think I like like many small um stores or small comics publishers yeah it, it really was a time that that I was able to to build the store um and 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 kind of the ethos of things. Uh, a, a lot better. Yes, people were buying a lot more, but I also had a lot more time. Uh, during the uh, pandemic, yes, to, to as we all did.
0: We all learned so many new skills and things to do. It's like like I learned how to cook. It was amazing. Anyway, I'm sorry, oh, <laughs> but yes,
1: I no. I learned to cook a little bit better during the pandemic too. Yeah. Um. And um. Yeah. So I mean, I think it was just a combination of of time to focus on these things. Think about it. Think about what I wanted. The you know, if I was serious about it, what I wanted, what I wanted it to say, if I, if I finally had this time to focus on it, yeah, I, I wanted to do it, to do it right and for it to be, um, impactful. And I, you know, part of, um, I, I really, uh, I think maybe during that time of, of focusing on it more, um, I, I don't, I don't know the, uh, the exact process of, um, of, of Christy and Gary contacting me for the comic show, but, I, but I do think I was able to, um, define, a certain aesthetic, um, a little bit better during that time. And, and I, I hope that some of it, um, some of communicating that is, was helpful in, in, uh, linking up with TCJ in this way, which has been, um, uh, uh, really, uh, you know, I, I've really been honored, but I'm so honored to work on these publications, uh, with Christy and Gary, because I think they, um, from, from sometimes different aesthetics and sometimes from, from, uh, very similar aesthetics, I think we, the 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 mission that that I have with domino is is very much is very much the comics journal's mission and I've been very informed by that so i I'm glad that during the pandemic I was able to to kind of define at least to myself and then uh hopefully clearly to other people what i'm what I'm trying to say and and do with with other people's work and my own mhm-
0: you know christy I know you said you didn't write anything for this this um you know uh best of book and I wish you had i i i know I've told you I loved. You. Uh, you're, this, on, on Comixology, when they first launched, you were writing a column for them, right?
2: I was, yes.
0: Yes, and it was so good. You were like, look, they, they got all the great people, like they got you, they got Shannon, or Shannon Garrity, Karen Green, uh, a couple of other folks and, uh, you know, all lost to the sands of time. I probably should just shut up about it and just, you know, reprinted them all. But, um, nobody would have known if I hadn't mentioned it just now. But, uh, yeah, you, you did some, some great stuff. And I mean, how do you find, you know, new cartoonists, uh, you know, as an editor also? I mean, an editor, not only of the journal, but, you know, as, as working for Fanographics books, how do you, how do you find new artists? How do you find, you know, new stuff to be excited about?
2: I actually have the opposite problem where there are too many artists that I'm interested in or want to check out. And we have a giant like brainstorm document where I'm like, oh, I want to talk to this person. I want to talk to this person. I want to talk about this topic. And I want these people to talk about this topic Um, because you just, you, you know, like what will happen is somebody will be like, oh, I think so-and-so is great. And you're like, write it down, look it up and go, oh, my gosh, this person is great. How can I find more of their work? Can we, you know, it's it's just really it's because I'm very fortunate. Like I said, um, I'm surrounded by people. Like, cartoonists love to talk about other cartoonists. They can't stop talking about how great a cartoonist is or a publisher is or, you know, it's just people are excited to talk about and share what they're excited to talk about and share. So yeah. it's, it's you know, it's like you also can't keep up with that. You're like, this sounds great. I need to check this out. I need to check this out. <laughs> so yeah, I guess true. I have a, the opposite problem is I don't oh. have enough time to look at all these wonderful cartoonists out there. And that's why I didn't want to write about it. Because these people, I have the utmost respect for cartoonists because I could never do it. And at absolute best, I can sort of write about it. <laughs> so <laughs> I wouldn't I would want to. You know, hey justice well, to these people. <laughs> but
0: that's super important. It's super important to have people who can um, you know, explain stuff and say, "Hey, this is cool." and and make you want to check it out. Um, are there any cartoonists uh that we should keep an eye on aside from the the ones that you mentioned in the annual?
2: Any oh, faves? Gosh. I have a list. I I should pull up my list.
1: <laughs> yes, um, we have we have the feature um fair warning in TCJ that that highlights, you know, up and coming cartoonists. We were um really, really pleased to for issue three oh nine that's coming out, we have um hyena hell. Um for issue three ten, um we're we're focusing on a cartoonist who's mentioned in um in the best of, Juliet Collette uh Collet. Um and yeah, I mean there's on that fair warning list uh that I, I uh I imagine Christy is pulling up right now. Um, there, there's more than we can get to. And I I think that's another thing to, um, uh, to applaud that, yeah, as you said, um, uh, uh, as you guys said, like, uh, Chrissy, you were saying about the 2010 best of, you could kind of like wrangle maybe 40 publications that were of note. But now there, there really are so many, and especially by, um, younger cartoonists. I mean, in, in issue 309, we have John Porcelino interviewing Inez Estrada, who's, who's done, um, she, she's had multiple publications, but she's still a relatively new cartoonist to emerge in the last 10 years. And, um, I'm so proud that that, um, interview is in the magazine because what Inez has been up to for the last 10 years is, is really, really, uh, remarkable. I think, um, you know, people that are, are comic book traditionalists and people that like the most, um, hard hitting stuff, they'll find something with what Inez does. And she's, you know, putting out publications of of her of of her peers' work in in Mexico City, and mm-hmm. just yeah. really, um, really, really an incredible artist who's who's yeah, still still very new to the medium.
0: Mm. I'm a big fan of Inez. Love, yeah. love, love her work. It's absolutely gorgeous. And um, I did see that she's been, you know, uh, kind of DIYing it. I mean, that's the thing about comics. It's like <laughs> we all. Decide to to do you know do it ourselves. <laughs> I guess it's because there's no money in it. I mean, there's no money in writing about comics. There's you know been a huge discourse about that of late, and um, uh, you know, it is everybody does it for love, and when you do it for love, uh, you somehow just want to do more of it. It's really crazy.
2: Um, I couldn't agree yeah, more. Yeah, I've got the yeah. I wanted to talk about Radium Girls. Is that the name of it? Um, that's a comic i might actually write about one thing to keep in mind is there's a six-month turnaround from when the printer file Uh goes to the to the printer in asia and is on the shelves Uh um and so that again i keep emphasizing every issue is just a snapshot of a moment and we do our best but um you know, well,
0: well, I mean, that is why you, you know, you have a website as well, because, yeah. you know, obviously that is, you know, can respond to, uh, contemporary trends. But Radium Girls, are you talking about the, the graphic novel
2: that uh, came I'm out? Circus.
0: Yes. By,
2: I want to write about that. I might still, if I can, <laughs> if yeah. I can get to it. Um, we have our, I mean, Pepita Sandwich. I'm really interested in their work. Um, I'm not sure of anyone's pronouns, uh, so if I get their pronoun wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> and they could certainly let me know. Um, I'm going with they, unless it's very specifically I know. Um, yeah. Do you have this? Do you have the list up? I'm really interested in, and again, I may mispronounce this, Nigar Nizar. She's a very influential Pakistani cartoonist, I think. Let me double check that. I just want to make sure. I mean, that's a, the other. Yeah.
0: There's so many emerging. I mean, you know, all around the world, like everywhere, every country, every culture has comics of some kind or another, and it's yeah. it's fascinating.
2: Yeah. And I'm like, I would love it for somebody to write about this because she's a really big deal. She's like, I'm gonna make a very broad analogy. So again, this is not. It's very broad. So she's kind of like a Kathy Johnson. Or uh, like a, uh, the person who did Saseh san something like that. Mm-hmm. But in in Pakistan, um, yeah. just a lot of people I'm very interested in. Um, you know, I got. I just
1: I just went to um there there was a reading a comics reading in New York um about a month ago and there's a a cartoonist who I don't believe has been uh published yet um except maybe in in some very um low print run anthologies but a cartoonist. Claire Gunther and she came up to, um, there was also, you know, there were, there were more established cartoonists like Gabrielle Bell reading at this thing. And, but when Claire Gunther came up to read her work, I'd never seen her read work before. And it was just, you know, everything was really there. You know, there's Mm -hmm. someone who very early on making comics, but really making them with, you know, informed by some of, of comics history, but also really charting their own, their own way of doing things. And I, I see that more and more, you know, there's, um, I've worked with this uh cartoonist in New York, Floyd Tangman, and he's um you know, he's he's just out of high school and he has um he has all these um passionate comics reading and comics making um people in his orbit that um you know maybe arguments of the past, uh are comics and art form, can comics do this or that? Those questions to to him and his peers seem kind of irrelevant. They're they're informed by manga, they're informed by traditional comics. They're informed by experimental comics. They're informed by anime. They're informed by, um, art, uh, art, um, you know, cartoons and things like that. And they kind of just sit down and and make work. And I think, um, uh, there, there's so many young cartoonists like that, that I, I don't think, you know, the terrain of, uh, making a career as, as a, a young artist, um, with a, maybe a slightly non-traditional style. It's not even a, it, it almost seems to be less and less of a question for them of, of wrangling this into a coherent career, but making the work and making it with care and and passion is, is of the utmost importance.
0: Yes. And, Um, you know, I just went to, uh about again, about a month ago, there was a uh, event at SVA. I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. It was called fresh meat, which is where the, they, the kids, you know, they learn how to, to table and most of them are so good at it already. They already have their Venmo and they already have their, their business cards, their displays and everything. But uh, I mean, looking around and this, this was like the senior class, but also some juniors and sophomores and cartooning um, and also animation and illustration uh, majors. And I said, honestly, you know, my first San Diego Comic-Con was 1985. And if you had taken these kids and put them down in the artist alley of that year, you know, they would have been better than than half the people in and some of these are you know famous cartoonists and or you know indie publishers of the time or self-publishers and you know everything i mean not to put down not to put down those 85 pioneers but i'm just saying like the technical um you know skill of uh you know cartooning majors at sva has just skyrocketed now speaking of sva I have to bring this up because, nice transition. I, yes, well, I, it did. It just popped into my mind. And, uh, you know, I'm, I don't want to put either of you on the spot, but I do think I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the fact Austin, you are a teacher at SVA, correct?
1: Yes. And I, I also teach at Parsons. And just, um, I can say bef- before you get into the, the thing that you're going to bring up, <laughs> I also just wanted to say about the future of, of these students who, who, um, are, are working with comics. I think one thing, um, that's really important to note is that, you know, in, in classes that I teach, it's, it's mostly female students, um, in, in most of these classes. And most of the people who choose to make comics are the female students. Uh, you know, I uh-huh. don't teach comic-centric classes that you can make comics, but they're drawing classes. And, um, the people that choose to make comics without being prompted to do are now increasingly the female students. And I think, I, you know, I can't, I can't chalk it up to any one thing, but I do think um manga being di- digested by this generation is doing, is, is solving that thing that I feel like, you know, us in, in, in our world of, of advocating for quality comics and, and making it a, something that everyone participates in. I think manga really helped do that. And, and what I've seen more and more over the years is people working with comics uh that aren't ripping, you know, younger, younger artists and especially younger female artists they're not ripping manga off, but they, it, it, it allowed them to enter into the idea of making sequential graphic narratives and they make it because manga style, maybe to us, it, it looks, it looks all the same publication to publication because we need to, we need to, um, uh, ca, you know, get rid of our, our, our Western comics, uh, prejudices. But I think to them, they, they really see a, a, a lot of varied modes of storytelling and that frees them up to make more wildly experimental comics yes. mm-hmm. than maybe younger people that you're describing from nineteen eighty three would have
0: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely, but um yeah, and you know I just I, obviously we've talked about a lot on the podcast, the whole controversy about Francis Rothbart and Thomas Woodruff and the Eisners and you know, which was just an all time comics brew ha ha, you know Fantagraphics is also involved in that, obviously, and like I said, i don't want to put you on the spot, but I did find. That this story was, you know, the easiest story of all times to research because just about everybody in New York either went to SVA or teaches at SVA, you know. And I don't know. I just—is there any thoughts that you wanted to put out there about this, as you know, as an instructor there, Austin? Uh,
1: I can just say, you know, the the SVA students. I I, I was aware of. You know, people had been talking about um, the the artist in uh, question, Thomas Woodruff you know throughout the time that i've i've taught there you you hear rumblings and you hear people you know before class starts you hear other students saying oh avoid this class because you know this professor acts in this way and um i think there's a school of thought that might say well he's a hard ass and you know that's people appreciate that and you want to be pushed hard and you want someone that that has a high level of standard for you they they they're not going to molly call you they're going to teach you how to draw and i i understand where that's coming from but there's 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 treating a student with respect and and getting the best out of them and, and being tough on them, um, that I think is is different from the behavior that those students uh describe. Now, I know there were petitions going around about uh Thomas Woodruff's Eisner nomination being taken away. I personally, I don't think that's very productive. I think awards um, can be, can be given to people that, that make, uh, material that makes people uncomfortable, that happen to be assholes, that whatever. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't think, um, you know, and, and I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know him personally. I, I don't know if he is an asshole or not. I, I think that he, he made some students feel bad in, in ways that I think are, are over the top. But I'm sure, you know, in his personal life, and I, I I'm sure he believes in his professional life, he's doing the right thing. Um, but I think there's a difference between denying someone's art. You know, I, I think there's a unity between what the students have to face here and what he as an artist have to, has to face. To, to be to 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 pay what SVA costs and to to believe in yourself. As I didn't go to art school because I was very self conscious about my art. To take that leap of faith and say I'm going to go to art school and I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best. You know, I, I see this all the time with professors. They'll look at a 20 year old student and they you know they'll say in private or to the student's face. Oh, they don't know what they're doing. Their art's a mess. They're never going to make it. And it's like, Jesus Christ, they're 20 years old. You know, just like you, you gotta, you gotta take them where they're at. You got to take them seriously. And then who knows? I mean, they, they might, they might, uh, as long as you don't discourage them from making art, they might make some beautiful art in, uh, when they're 35. You just don't know. And to, to really come down hard on students in a condescending way, you might think it's the right path, but you really are, I think you're denying the massive leap of faith especially in today's world that these students are taking on. It's 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 not easy to to be a working artist in today's reality. And and um I think uh to the behavior that I saw described um you know I I don't think it's helpful. Now at the yeah. same time if 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 you're a, an art a mid-career artist and you know uh the 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 book in question might not really be my taste but I can obviously see the skill involved and the time it took. And that's another leap of faith, contributing to your own craft for, for, for decades and, and, you know, completing, you know, I, there's so many brilliant artists I know in my life who they have a hard time finishing projects. You know, they might really have all the elements of a thoughtful statement, a beautiful book within them, but they, they have a hard time sitting down and, and having the discipline to, to maybe complete one of these projects. And the, the leap of faith that it takes to complete a book like the one in question, I don't take that lightly either. So I I think it is very thorny. There's there's um there there's merits to to everyone involved, but I mean, I guess the net feeling for me is, you know, students you you, you can't size them up when they're that young.
2: Mm-hmm. You just yeah. don't
1: know what they're capable of and to uh to come down hard on them, you're going to lose a lot of people that might end up doing um important moving work in the future and it's, yeah. it's such a hard calculation but um, it is and, and they're paying I, they're, they're they're paying so much they're taking they're out paying. so many loans i mean it yeah. doesn't mean you have to mollycoddle, molly-coddle, molly-coddle them and, and treat them like a a customer that's that's paying a lot so you can't kick <laughs> them off which you know that's another bad way of approaching things but you know there's a there, there's a better way to do it and I, and i hope that um if nothing else that that what those students were saying you know, I hope something can be learned from that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think it's, I mean, I appreciate your, your talking about it because, um, like I said, it really is a, um, a matter that just touched on so many things. And I, I, I do think, I, I do think, you know, comics are community. I say it all the time. You know, there's assholes in the community, but most folks in the community are, are, you know, pretty good. And, Um, we love comics so much and there's a lot of issues and sometimes, sometimes they don't get aired out as much as they should. So, uh, this time it kind of really did. Well, I think we're just about out of time and, uh, Austin and Christy, thank you so much for coming by and, you know, talking about, uh, an arm of comics, we don't, we don't always talk about as much here on more to come. So I think it's really great to, to cast a little light on it.
2: May I just make a quick clarification? Sure. Sorry, this is why no. I like writing, because we could have gone back in time and I could have, <laughs> I, I could insert the clarification before I started yeah. talking. When I was just talking about, uh, we were talking about artists to keep an eye on, mm-hmm. I just think I would, in my head, I heard artists you are interested in or learning more about, mm-hmm. um, and not in the sense of like they're new at their career. Like right. some of them have been Yeah. So I just wanted to make sure it's, it was more of like people I'm very interested in and I don't know much about or I'm interested in their work, not like this is a 20 year old. You know? and you yeah,
0: there's nothing wrong with 20 years. In well that's, well, that's <laughs> even better, you know? Yeah. It's like as we why we always say more to come, you know, because there's always more to discover. Um but anyway, listen, uh thank you so much again and uh the the comics journal uh the yearbook best of twenty twenty two just on sale today uh Commercial three o nine coming out in uh July fourth I believe you said so lots of stuff that you guys have edited coming out and uh, a lot of comics and you know what this conversation has really got me wanting to sit down and read some comics so thank you for that
1: thank you so much heidi this was yep. this was so much fun to do
0: thanks yep so uh, that about wraps it up for this episode, and until next time, there will be more to come.